Hi, I'm your host, LA, and welcome to Inside F2's Inside Chat. This week, we have Pirelli's head of F1 and car racing, Mario Isola. So welcome to Inside Chat, Mario. It's absolutely wonderful to see you again. And how are you? My, my pleasure. I'm fine. I'm fine. Quite busy here in Imola. Uh, we had uh, a couple of great days uh, with uh, F1. And we have also the Formula Regional here. So everything is going well. So really, we'd like to start off with knowing a little bit about yourself, your role at Pirelli, and how long you've been there. Wow, a lot of years, because actually I started in, uh, in Pirelli in 1996, so I'm quite old, uh, if you make a, a, a quick calculation. <laughs> but I started as a test driver, and then I moved to the design department for uh, road cars, and, uh, and then uh, my dream was to work in motorsport. I'm a motorsport fan since when I was uh, 12. Uh, so I started to, to race with go-kart uh, and I was dreaming to be a Formula One driver. Uh, and then uh, I, I thought it was better to try to find a, a different job because <laughs> we have only 20 Formula One drivers and unfortunately I was not in the 20. Uh, that's why I, I moved to motorsport, uh, um, looking after different championships. I was involved in the FIA GT, in the American Le Mans Series, in the Ferrari Challenge, in the World Rally Championship. And in the last uh, 10, 11 years, uh, we started with uh, GP3. At the time, it was the first year with the GP3. And then uh, with, obviously, Formula 2 and Formula 1, starting from 2011. GP2, uh, that, that was GP2, the name, and now is uh, Formula 3, Formula 2, and Formula 1. So this is my my my, my story in uh, in Pirelli. I am um, the job title is head of F1, F1 and car racing. That means that I'm looking after all these championships, uh, the organizational track. Uh, you know, we have a lot to do with uh, with uh, these guys uh, fitting tires. Uh, Supplying information, technical assistance, uh, um, working together with the FIA and FOM and the teams for the future of uh, of motorsport. We have a lot of uh, uh, news for the future. News that are not news in Formula Two, for example, because as you probably know, uh, Formula Two was the first championship where we decided to introduce the 18-inches tire. That is the future for Formula One. So it's. Uh, the, the role uh, that has Formula 2 to introduce new stuff in advance compared to Formula 1, uh, there is a, another a good example on what is happening with uh, the 18-inch style. Yeah, I was um, going to ask you about the 18-inch rims because it's something that we chatted about last time Last time we met. And um, was that an FIA change to the regulation? Was it something that Pirelli was involved in as an idea or you just went along with, with the FIA? You know, it's a long time that we are talking about 18-inch uh, tyres in Formula 1 because uh, nobody on the road is using 13-inches uh, anymore. It's an old, uh, old style size. So... Uh, also, it is more relevant for us. Uh, we use, uh, use motorsport to transfer technology from motorsport to road tires. So having a size that is uh, more relevant, more similar to, to the one that we use on our supercar, not our supercar, to the supercars, 
And uh, you know that Pirelli is focused on the prestige uh, cars, high performance cars. Uh, and using, uh, as I said, motorsport as a, an open laboratory is uh, really important. That's why this uh, change, that is uh, a big change for Formula One. I don't remember, probably they are using 13 inches tires since when I was a, a child. So we are talking about many, many years. And, uh, and this, uh, this is a, a very big change. When Formula One decided, and when I'm talking about Formula One, obviously around the table, we had all the teams, we had the drivers, we had FIA, we had FOM, and, and they said, okay, we need to do something new for, uh, for the future, a new car, uh, a new aero package, new tires, a new look, fresh, new, completely different. And uh, they decided to move on 18 inches tires, uh, I had a chat with the F2 promoter and uh, he said, okay, we need to anticipate it in F2 because F2 is the school for young drivers. And so we need to have 18 inches tires uh, one year in advance. It was tricky because the decision was made, uh, if I remember well, April uh, 2019. And uh, we needed to have the tires ready by October, November 2019, because then the first year with 18 inches was 2020. So we had only a few months to develop uh, the new tires. We made a, a very good plan with uh, some concentrated testing on track with the new prototypes, and we did it. We delivered the new tire. The new tire is, I believe, a successful one. If you look at uh, F2 races, the action on track, overtaking, how important it is to manage the tires, how important is the strategy. We have two compounds similar to what happened to Formula One. So it's, it's a very good training for young drivers uh, uh, to, to step up for, for the lucky ones in, in F1. Can you explain the different compounds and the reasons why we have the different compounds? Yes, in, uh, in Formula 2, we have uh, four compounds, hard, medium, soft, and super soft, and we choose uh, two compounds at each event. Obviously, it depends on the circuit layout, it depends on the characteristics of the asphalt, it depends on many other elements that we consider when we make the selection. We agree the selection with the promoter, and, and then uh, we have... Uh, Two compounds available um, with, with different rules, uh, but basically in the long race, uh, they have uh, all the drivers are obliged to, to pit stop uh, at least once uh, and to use both the compounds. Uh, that means that the pit stop window, uh, the, the, the compound you choose to start the race uh, or for the second stint are really, really important because they can heavily affect your race strategy and your final result. In some uh, circuits, we decided together with the promoter, for example, to select the, the, soft, the softer of the two compounds to have a very aggressive selection. Uh, Bahrain is a good example. Bahrain is a, an aggressive circuit where the soft was degrading quite a lot, but it was intended to have this kind of degradation. Why? Because so the, the, the drivers can, uh, first of all, manage degradation. Second, make a, or plan a strategy in order to, to get the most out of the tires. And that's 
important because on a Formula One race, you have exactly the same situation. You have three compounds, not two, but uh, you are obliged to do one stop. You are obliged to use at least two compounds, so similar to Formula Two. And the strategy can uh, uh, affect heavily the result, as I said. So that's why F2 is a, a very good training for drivers. Yeah, well, you've mentioned Bahrain sort of in the same vein. Does your approach on tyres change for the lower speed circuits like Monaco? In Monaco, we have the two softest compounds in the range. That is clear because Monte Carlo is a unique circuit. It is a, a straight circuit with an asphalt that is uh, um, very, very smooth. Um, it's not really representative of the other uh, circuits and we cannot make a tire that is specific for Monte Carlo. So um, it's a unique venue. Uh, it's a fantastic place. It's very difficult to overtake, very narrow circuit. Uh, Sometimes we have seen good battles in Formula 2. Uh, and again, the, the, the super soft is, uh, is the softest, but still a compound that can last for a good number of laps in Monte Carlo because of the low severity of the circuit. While in other circuits, as it, as it happened in the past, with the super soft was, I would say, almost a qualifying tire. So it was uh, really tricky to manage the super soft. That is not the case in Monte Carlo. But because of that, also uh, the, the, the strategy uh, have to be planned in, in a different way with a different approach, no, maximizing, especially maximizing the qualifying. That's yeah, the I mean, Carlo. this will sort of be new, uh, new information anyway, won't it? Because obviously last season there was no Monaco uh, race for Formula 2. So the information coming in will be brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never... They never raced in Monte Carlo on the 18 inches tires. Uh, I'm not just talking about the, the tire itself, but uh, uh, the, the compounds are new. Uh, this year, for example, we have decided to review the hard and the, and the medium. Obviously, we are not going to use in Monte Carlo the hard and the medium, as I said, but uh, it's another important uh, information. Uh, last year, it was the first year with a new product. so. As soon as we have the product on track, uh, we start thinking, okay, what can we do to improve? What can we do to make a, a, a better tire, to supply a better tire? And every year you have new ideas, new possibilities to develop something better. With a new tire, because the 18 inches tire is uh, a lot more precise and more reactive. So uh, you, you have uh, obviously the sidewall that it, it is much smaller compared to 13 inches tire. And with a 13 inches tire, uh, the sidewall is, is moving. I'm using easy words, obviously, but is moving a little bit more. And uh, while, while on the uh, 18 inches tire is more reactive, um, you, have to, you have to manage this because the front is a lot more precise. You have to balance properly the car to have also the rear that is following. You have a heavy braking. And obviously it is possible with these tires because the level of grip is, is in any case quite high. And so probably they have to adapt a little bit uh, to this new challenge, uh, this new circuit where you don't have uh, um, areas uh, to make uh, mistakes go wide uh, or, or change the lines. So that's why it's uh, really important. 
Yeah, certainly not for Formula 2, because with the cars being almost equally matched, there are bound to be quite a few very close battles in that race. So that'll be quite interesting to watch. Um, so regarding testing, what um, will the teams and Pirelli be looking for uh, in these tests? But we collect a lot of data also during the official test sessions because when we have our tire development test, we run only with one car. And uh, we collect uh, a really useful um, information, but uh, on one car. Uh, the big difference is uh, when you have an official test or when you go racing, that you have all the cars on track. So you have traffic, you have... Uh, uh, cars that are following, losing a bit of downforce, sliding more, and you can better understand which is the performance of the tire if there is overheating, if uh, you are losing grip because you are following another car, if you have to avoid traffic. Um, there are elements that uh, are impossible uh, to be collected uh, when we have our specific uh, tire development sessions. Where, where do you do your tyre development sessions? Where do you do them at a circuit? We usually uh, choose the same circuit that we use for races uh, because they are more representative and we have more data. Uh, Barcelona is a good example. And, and that's why also they are going to Barcelona. Uh, we use um, well, there are several other circuits for Ricard, Barcelona, Jerez, uh, Spielberg. Mm for some compounds. Uh, um, it's a, for example, Silverstone is a fantastic circuit, which is the problem in Silverstone. You never know about the weather. So maybe you plan to go there for a dry test and it's raining for three days and, and then it's impossible to test. That's why we tend to stay in the south of Europe because the weather is a bit more predictable. And if you have a dry test, you have a dry test. You are not going there and, and wait until it's, uh, it's dry. That's why. Otherwise, the Silverstone uh, would be a fantastic circuit for that. Right. So this season, we've got a new circuit in Saudi Arabia. And, um, you know, and that's a Formula 2 as well, which is fantastic. Um, so how do Pirelli view it when you do have new circuits like this? Uh, does it change anything for you as a tyre manufacturer? First of all, it will be a very, very, very fast circuit. <laughs> I believe it's the fastest street circuit in, in the history of uh, Formula 2 and also Formula 1. So uh, we are looking at, at uh, the circuit thanks to the cooperation with the Formula 1 team. So we receive simulations in advance. And so we can make a sort of a classific ranking of the severity of the circuit. That's the first important information. The second one is to go there to send a couple of engineers. We have a, a laser machine to measure the thermal roughness. And um, I hope we can do that because, you know, with the COVID restrictions, it's difficult to travel. So hopefully we have the opportunity to send the engineers and measure the thermal when it's ready. And uh, these are the two main elements we consider for tire selection. Then, thanks to the simulation, we can also assess the minimum pressure because, as you probably know, we give uh, a value for maximum camber and minimum pressure in order to run the tires in the proper condition. And th that's uh, the, the usual process uh, for us when there is a new circuit. 
in, in the case, in case we go on a circuit that is very well known, we have a lot of data coming from the past and it is easier, obviously. But when the circuit is new, um, we have to approach it with uh, the cooperation with the teams and so on. So how has the 18-inch tyres helped for, for the development for the Formula One tyres? Because when we did speak, you did say that they were not going to be exactly the same for Formula One anyway. So has that data helped from Formula Two? Yeah, in Formula One, they are wider, uh, so slightly different. The performance of the car is different, of course. But as I said, the most important information is to collect data from a real race environment. That is not what happened during the tire testing. And we had the opportunity last year to collect data, for example, uh, the driving lines. The, 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 you know, in some circuits, the curves are very high. In some circuits, they have different design. It depends if they use the same circuit for motorbikes, for example. So uh, one important uh, information we collected was uh, that in the circuit where the curves are quite low, drivers uh, use the same uh, lines they use with 13 inches tire. Uh, while in some circuits where the curves are very high, Monza, for example, they have to pay a little bit more attention because the sidewall is much smaller. And so the impact on the curb is a lot harder and that can unbalance the, the car. Uh, and, and the other uh, important element, as I said, is uh, the behavior of the tire in a real race environment when drivers have to push, they're fighting for a position, they're not just crew. Okay, they are not cruising when they are testing. I don't want to say they are cruising because it's not, we ask drivers to push and they push. But uh, you know, when you are in a race, uh, you push in a different way. You are fighting for your position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, of course. Will some of the circuits have to adapt uh, some of their curbs or any of the tracks for these new 18 inch no, 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 absolutely not. And it is also true that we use uh, 18 inches tires for a lot of other championships. All the GT championships, for example, are with 18 inches tires. So 18 inches is uh, quite a popular size in uh, motorsport. Uh, and now we will have also Formula One uh, in one year time in, uh, on 18 inches tire. Right. Do you um, do you get regular feedback from the teams after every single race um, or do you sort of have monthly meetings or, you know, anything like that? And, and as a tyre manufacturer, how do you review and digest that information that comes in from the teams? We have uh, uh, engineers allocated uh, in Formula One. We have one engineer on each team. In Formula Two, we have uh, a dedicated engineer for the championship. The engineer is collecting uh, information, comments, uh, suggestion from uh, teams, uh, from drivers. Then obviously any decision is shared with the promoter, with the FIA. We need to agree on any change, any decision. But for us, it's really uh, a key to, to have a direct contact with, with the teams, to have a direct contact with the drivers, to collect their feedback, uh, to collect any suggestion, any criticism, because that can be useful for us to improve. So if uh, criticism is done in the, in the view of uh, giving us an element to, to, to do something better, is more than welcome. That's why we have our guys, our technicians, not only the engineer responsible of the championship, that are working with the teams every day. I would say during the weekend, every day we collect uh, 
comments and, uh, and the guys are also summarizing the comments in documents that we keep in our records. We read, we analyze and we use them for our development. So if um, it was a wet race and it was raining throughout uh, for a Formula 2 feature race, which is around 170k, would that wet weather tyre last that whole race or would there be a point where it would have to be changed? The, the wet weather tyre is designed to last for the race, of course. The, the real point is uh, in a crossover condition. So the, if it is raining and the track is wet, uh, it is fine. When the tracks start to dry and you have a dry line, obviously the abrasion on a wet tire is much higher than in a normal wet condition. And that's why you have an accelerated wear on the wet uh, tire. But usually when you have a situation like that, uh, then the dry line becomes dry and you can fit the slick tires. Yeah, it's amazing to see when the, when the track is drying out, it's amazing to see those tyres go right off, isn't it? And how quickly they do have to come in. Yeah, and the most difficult part of the job for the teams is to understand when is the right moment to change it. Because sometimes you have also changeable condition or sometimes you have part of the circuits, typical in Spa, where you have a part of the circuit that is dry and a part of the circuit that is wet. And so it's not... Uh, an easy decision uh, when to change from uh, uh, dry to wet or from wet to dry. In Formula 2, we don't have the intermediate tire that is uh, instead available in Formula 1. So it's even more difficult for Formula 2 teams to decide the right moment uh, to, to change the tires. Yeah, but I think obviously as, as a fan and as a viewer, that's exactly what makes it entertaining when it does rain. You know, the, the fact that, that places can be lost or gained depending on the, the strategy of it all, really. Yeah, you know, the, the engineers have some tools and system to make some calculation. Uh, taking the lap time, uh, you have a, a certain percentage on, on the best time that is telling you Okay, this is the moment to go on wet or the opposite from wet to dry. But uh, it's not just uh, the engineer and the tool that is uh, giving you the, the right reading of, of the race because sometimes uh, you have to wait one or two more laps because something happened, you can gain positions or uh, instead you can anticipate the move and try to, uh, to undercut the rest of the field. It's, it's really difficult, but it's a lot more exciting, in my opinion, because uh, when you have an element that is not uh, predictable for the engineers, it's for sure better. Do, do the tyres ever surprise you? So I'm just going to dip into Formula One a little bit with Lewis Hamilton last year at, uh, at, in, at Silverstone and the way he finished that race on three tyres. Did that really sort of surprise you guys as well? <laughs> Uh, you, you learn from, uh, from every race, uh, you learn from every lap, I would say, but uh, there were a lot of uh, moments uh, in which I was surprised, especially I remember, for example, some races on intermediate tires where drivers were driving on intermediate tire on, on a dry circuit for a uh, long, long, long time. It, it was Portimao or Istanbul last year, I don't remember, one of the two. That, is, uh, that was wet, but the track was not drying up. And, uh, and they continue to, to, to run and run and run on the same set of tire, the intermediate tire in changing, changeable condition. 
and it was really and at a, a good pace because they were in the race. They were not in free practice where they can stop and decide and do uh, other stuff. So, the, or, or particularly long stints uh, or short stints uh, or, or lap times in Formula One. Uh, uh, in the last couple of years, we had uh, more or less all the track records everywhere with cars that compared to 2005, 2004, when we had the famous uh, fastest car in Formula One, but they were 130, 140 kilos lighter than the current cars. So you have also to consider that the weight is uh, uh, really affecting the performance. And despite of this increase in weight, that, that is good because most of that is for safety devices like the halo, like uh, um, you know stronger cars to protect drivers. So there is no discussion that was necessary to increase the weight. But with very heavy cars, they are still quicker. They are, they are quicker than 15 years ago when the cars were much, much lighter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd just like to ask you some personal questions as, as well, if that's okay. Um, and ask you uh, about your favorite circuit. Do you have one? I have more than one. Uh, are we talking about the layout? or uh, the environment or what because if you ask me i i love uh, i love melbourne i love montreal but more because the city are, are great the, the place are, are very beautiful uh, i love um, imola imola is fantastic circuit for me the layout of the circuit is incredible spa is is great uh, um, we, we were mentioning Silverstone, for example. Uh, there are very nice circuits. Uh, Suzuka, Suzuka is fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, Suzuka is a bit in the middle of nowhere. So, <laughs> talking about the, the the area around Suzuka is not great, but the circuit itself is fantastic. So you've had a, a passion for motorsport. Um, I have I've heard for quite a long time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, since when I, I told you, I started to be passionate about motorsport when I was 12. And I started to push on my dad to have a go-kart. And after more than one year, he bought me a go-kart and I started to, to, to race with the go-kart. And it was, it was great. I still keep my driving license uh, for racing. And sometime when I have the opportunity, I try to find the time to race. Uh, not easy because following Formula One with 23 races this year, free time is not a lot. Do you go, do you, do you attend every race? Yes, I attend every race, yes. Yeah, so very busy. I, I did notice in your background that it mentioned about being a test driver. Was that related to your formula, well, your motor racing journey? Uh, probably yes. When I was selected by Pirelli as a, a test driver, because they discovered that I used to race with go karts, so they told me, "Would you like to have a, a test as a test driver?" So you go with our head of testing uh, on Vizzola uh, Ticino is a circuit that is close to Milan. It's our Pirelli facilities for testing, and I went there and I I had the opportunity to show 
my ability in driving and they selected me so it was it was good but then i wanted to do other experiences so i move in in different departments you know being a pirelli a big company you have also the opportunity to move from one area to another area and uh, i enjoyed to design uh, tires for road cars uh, i was involved in a in a small group at the beginning of the experience on winter tires so i designed for a couple of years uh, winter tires but then when i had the opportunity to move to motorsport that was my dream so i took the challenge immediately i started to design tires for the gt cars uh, and that's the starting of my experience in motorsport and from that moment it was end of uh, 2000 i i decided to stay in motorsport <laughs> i didn't want to move from motorsport And then obviously the, the Formula One came in 2011. It was uh, obviously a dream and uh, it was uh, an emotion. First time I, I was in a circuit with uh, Formula One drivers and, and all the people that I was watching on the road, like, what happened? Why am I here? <laughs> But then you have to work. So <laughs> emotion <laughs> on the side and start working hard. I know, I, I know. I sort of noticed in a in another interview that you've done that you did say that it it wasn't necessarily like work because you love it so much. Yeah, yeah. But to to do um, a job like uh, my job and like the job that all the people in the paddock are doing, you need to to be passionate about motorsport because the balance between your life, private life, and working life is obviously a lot on the working life so you have to spend a lot of weekends abroad far from your friends far from your family it's a choice and uh, if you don't have the passion it becomes too too difficult and uh, one day you, you decide to stop obviously traveling so much now you know there is a discussion to increase even further the number of races in formula one so i cannot imagine <laughs> which is the limit at the end Uh, are your weekends less busier when there's just the Formula One race on or do they increase, you know, when the complement of Formula Two uh, comes in or Formula Three? Now, they have been separated now, but is that busier for you? Yeah, we, if we have also Formula Two and Formula Three, obviously they are busier. Now it's a bit more difficult because with the, the COVID, the bubbles, the The need to keep the two paddocks separated, it's even more difficult, uh, but uh, I have to look after Formula 2 is an important championship. Uh, I have very good people looking after the championship. I trust them completely, uh, but obviously it's, it's an important uh, championship, so I have to look after the, both Formula 2 and Formula 3 as well. Uh, so I did notice at some point it said you were a volunteer ambulance driver. Is that still current or is that something from the past? No, 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 no. It is uh, now 32 years that I'm doing that. So I started when I was 18 and uh, I'm still uh, involved quite a lot. Uh, I'm doing my night shifts when I'm in Milan. So next one is next uh, Thursday when I'm back from Imola. And uh, I, I'm still enjoying these, uh, these activities, showing you something different from your normal life. And uh, it's a good way to keep your feet on the ground and understand how lucky you are. As I always say, it's, it's a good, uh, good school of life, I would say. 
And also I am using my experience uh, to teach other people how to drive ambulances. So together with other people, we, uh, we made a training, a specific training for ambulance drivers that we currently using for, for uh, a lot of drivers in the Lombardy region that is uh, around, I live in Milan, so it's uh, the region around Milan. And I'm still involved in that uh, quite, I mean, I use my free time a lot to do that and I'm still enjoying it. Obviously, with the COVID, uh, all the situation was a lot more difficult. Now we have to to wear the, the COVID kit, uh, you know, the mask, the, the visor, the, the, the suit, the double gloves. Uh, we are like uh, ET, you know, the extraterrestrial. I don't know how you, you say in English, but uh, once you finish your, your dressing, you are like a robot. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's uh, the, the, the protocol, the procedure we have to follow now. Well, I, I think over anything, it goes to show what um, a good heart you've got as well, Mario, to, you know, to, to do something like that anyway and to help save people's lives. So that's something absolutely wonderful that I've just learned about you. And Thank you. And, you know, you've been marvellous and so lovely to speak to today. And I do hope that we get to chat again, you know, sometime soon in the future. Um, one, one day we may get to meet, who knows? Um, but, you know, thank you for joining us at Inside Chat. Um, it's been so informative for all our viewers. Uh, and thank you so much, Mario. Thank you. Thank you for this nice chat. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you for watching Inside Chat. Do check out our other videos and content on YouTube and our other social platforms. All the links are in the description. If you're a regular YouTube user, you know the drill. Like and subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all of our Formula 2 content. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.